Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Gentlemen, welcome to a special episode of Missing Curfew here. Uh, as always, with my boy, William Scotty Upshaw, Updog. Shane O'Brien, how are you? What's up, baby? And special edition. Special edition. This is a special edition uh, opening weekend episode. Something we've been talking about. We're going to bring our boy Jimmy Scoops Broadway from, where are you, Vermont, Jimbo? No, Broadway. Uh, Broadway's up in New Hampshire, boys. I'm um, getting ready to go skiing for the first time in about 15 years. Let's so see how this big rig can do it. Well, I would say updog. You, you were you skied last year for the first time, and you didn't really ease into it. You were going full updog out there. I mean, I always go full updog oves, but I was coming back from Switzerland, right to Aspen for not only just a ski weekend, but an absolute bender for uh, you know to close <laughs> off my career with you with you cats. So uh, that's a nice way to do Jimmy, it, Jimmy. But you've been training. You've been training for this, bud. All that ice time with the young bups, keeping in shape. I mean. Yeah, you've been off the sauce for fuck. You should be flying, bud. Yeah, I'll be flying down the mountain. I'm not too nervous about it. I've been skating a little bit, working on the core. Balance should be there. I just got to make sure I can still hit those moguls. That's one hell of a fucking log cabin you got there, too. (laughs) Don't drop a cigarette in there, bud. Fuck, you'll (laughs) be sleeping in the snowbank tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's my buddy uh, Anthony Meltianda's house, so... We got a nice, nice little Italian name there for you guys too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, nice Broadway, cool. I got a question for you about skiing. Um, do you go bucket or no bucket out there? Um, I've I've never worn a bucket, but uh, people up here are wearing some buckets. They must be good if they're rocking the. Yeah, bucket. listen, I was gonna tell you, I was I was that guy when I first retired up dog. Like I was old school toque, shades. I thought I was fucking cool. And then our boy Mac Yellow was skiing with him, trying to keep up with him. I'm like, fuck, I better get a bucket out here because. 50-50, I go down. But anyways, Broadway, they keep you warmer. They're safe. I would suggest throwing the bucket on, buddy. If, if you see one in the lodge, maybe maybe pick it up just for safety reasons. 100%. And I'm all about the swag because I was trying to figure out if I had to go gloves or mittens. And I looked up some X game guys and they're rocking some sick mittens. So I'm going to be just buzzing out there. You got to look good to feel good and yeah, play good, right? Jimmy, speaking of skiing, bud, I just packed up my, my boots this morning. I put my mittens and my toque fucking in the bag. I was even thinking about bringing my skates because I'm headed to Park. I'm, I was gonna, I'm going to Park City today, bud. You flying private? I am not flying private. <laughs> no, this is actually, and, and, and to touch on it, it's my first time I've ever flown uh, since we had this pandemic. So I haven't been in an airport yet. I mean, no, we flew on we a couple of PJs. On, yeah, uh, which, Jeff Gilsbert. That was that, nice that's touch. a treat. That's yeah. a treat. And we did Bandon, and we did Bandon Dunes. Maddie, shout out to Maddie Ryan, got us a nice Bandon Dunes. We got some good friends. I, I tell the boys back home in Canada, I'm like, you know you hang out with good friends when like we talk about splitting Ubers and they're like we talk about splitting private planes. I'm like, I'll take my <laughs> private bird today. You take your bird the next day. I'm like this is like Ubers to these fucking guys. But um, boys, real quick before we dive into hockey, we got a lot, man. The opening two nights have been amazing. Uh, just a rundown to our listeners. We're, we're going to try to do two a week here, Uppy, and we're still going to do some stuff at Action Park Media, of course, with Kevin Connolly. But it's a drive for us. 
And we got our boy A Hall. That's got Hall Pass Studios right. right in our backyard. I mean, we could fucking get pinned in here and roll down the hill home, which is a nice touch. But um, how I met A Hall, he, for you guys out there, he started the summer league. So this guy put the summer league. The, together, NBA, the NBA, NBA summer, summer league. league. Yeah. When Ooh. this first started, it was in a fucking gym in Arizona, in, in Las Vegas. Sorry, and now it's like the UNLV before COVID sold out. LeBron would come in and watch the boys play. Like it's a legit thing. And. Um, the first time I met A Hall, they used to have this party called Summerlicious. Ooh, Summerlicious. Yeah, I had got traded to Tampa from the Ducks. So I came back to Anaheim to mix it with Loops. And of course, the Ducks were on their way to marching to the Stanley Cup, which I knew they were going to fucking do. And I'm staying at Loops' house, Penner's living there. And, anyways, we had this, we had this party, fucking Summerlicious. And um, let's just say it was fucking Summerlicious. It was delicious, there, wasn't yeah. it? So. It was unbelievable. So, so yeah, so I want to shout out too because yeah. Al uh, been a good buddy now for a couple of years. When I moved into my new house, I had this empty dock, and sure enough, I get a text from our boy Joe DeMarco, and he says, "Hey, uh, you know our boy Al Hall's got a, a nice center console boat that he's fixing up. He just needs a place to put it." Um, so of course, I'm like, "Fuck, anytime, <laughs> bring her on over, right bud. Come on, bring her on over. Just I'll have the beer. I'll Perfect. have all have the friends uh, with boats." So yeah, friends with boats are better than owning the boat. I've I've had two, so I know what that means. But uh, so you know, fishing with Al, fucking guy can take you right to the spots, catch, crack those bass, and uh, we chase Mar. We what did we chase the one day? We chased some tuna, yellowtail tuna. Ooh. Struck out, but hell had a hell of a day. Fucking did you catch a buzz? Beer. Did you catch a buzz? I caught least. a buzz, is what I caught. That's like. the hey, Broadway. The only thing I catch when I go fishing usually is a buzz, bud. Yeah, I've gone deep sea fishing a couple of times. That's the only thing you literally can catch. You go out there for three hours, you might as well be pinned. Did I tell you the boys the story? I went so at the end of the season in Tampa, Tampa we go. Trevor Gillies comes down to Tampa. He wants to go deep sea fish. I'm like, fuck it, let's go. So I get pinned the night before. I get on the boat. I got the tarp off. This is when I was chewing long cut. I throw the long cut in. Hey, I'm like, let's have a day, boys. Right I'm teeth. out there fucking. Do a I'm out there 20 minutes, there. boys, and I'm just like, <laughs> and it's over. The rest of the time, I'm fetal position on the front of the boat. So, uh, a hall. We appreciate your help. We're gonna do some stuff here at Hall Pass. It's a up dog. The thing I love about it, it's a fucking real team atmosphere here right they got a bunch of good guys they're gonna it's fun here throwing around some ideas of where we can take this and uh exciting times for missing curfew yeah so thanks a hall you beauty um let's get right into it boys there was 10 games last night the first night there was five up dog i'm gonna start with you what'd you think of opening night buddy what was your what was your your, your feeling on the pace of play what did you take out of it man i just loved all the hockey action boys it's uh it's so nice jimmy to just see you know see your brother out there in that flyers jersey buzzing around he looked good too. He did look good. Backdoor tap in, going to the net hard. Love that shit. Uh, watching the Leafs, Montreal, knowing that these guys play eight times a year is going to be awesome, right? And then Vancouver, our boy Travis Green got his team fired up for game one against uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl and the Oilers. Uh, a good match there, followed by another good match back to back. Like, what better better way to start an NHL season to see McDavid play back to back? Absolutely. So, Broadway, what were your thoughts besides your, your brother and the Flyers ripping it up? I, I thought the pace was there. I thought the pace was um pretty fast. Guys looked really fast. I thought Claude Giroux looked really good as well. It's like I was hoping for that coming out of the bubble. And then uh, like you said, it was it was a little bit of sloppy play, but I think the over hit in four of the first five games. So there's lots of scoring, and that's what the fans love. So it's uh, it's awesome stuff to see. Speaking of the over, the North Division, which we said on Tuesday when we recorded that it was going to be a track meet. Well, they're four for four on the overs up north. So if you guys are out there. Fucking the Oilers up, dog. We got to get into them. But again, they were playing that <laughs> fucking loosey-goosey. I'm like, I can maybe go out there right now and play that kind of defense. But um, it brings me to my next point I want to get from you guys. A lot of goals. Can this, Uppy, can this maintain? Or is this just guys, 10-day camp, 
D-zone coverage, maybe not a lot of work. What do you think? Are we going to see these many goals all year? I think you're just witnessing uh, a new age of creativity and offense in the league that is just it's overpowering the defensive play and what you know what we got in game in game one and two i mean matthews and marner they had the puck on their stick the whole time and then you watch mcdavid and you watch you know Pedersen. these guys every time they touch the puck it seems like the guys on the ice are, are having scoring chances what we saw last night out of patrick line too it was like a, oh, what a snapper. i mean he's he's a guy that i could have told you he'd probably be sleeping until you know the end of the year yeah didn't know he was going to come out like that Wants to engage, almost gets in a tilt, sticks up for his teammate. Yeah, and then has two unbelievable snipes against a world-class goalie like Markstrom. So, I mean, you know, seeing like the Winnipeg Jets, Calgary Flames, Vancouver, Edmonton, seeing them just pump goals in the net is, is exciting for hockey. Yeah, it was good. Broadway, what were your thoughts? on Can this can this pace keep up, fella, or is it just the boys maybe not in shape? And you know how it is. It's hard to play defense and offense. That's the one thing when you get caught out there defensively, like 30 seconds feels like three minutes, but when offensively you can stay out for a minute and a half. I, I think the the pace of goals is gonna it's gonna stay for a while. I think because I think the teams are gonna take a little bit longer to get into their structure, and get into the structure that's just gonna come with practice and like that's what you usually get for a training camp. A training camp is there to get your structure in and set and shut down teams. Goalies are coming in right off the get go. They're not gonna be buzzing like they usually are. But I think the goals are gonna come and that's great for hockey. Yeah, up dog. Go ahead. Yeah, how much how much time at training camp, Jimmy? You just mentioned it. Do your coach like sit down in meetings or whether it's during like a practice where they end up bag skating you fucking right through the right through the wall of skate the bag right off you is what you know they think you after after the first after the first (laughs) after the first scrimmage they throw you on the wall down back down back uh and then as as camp goes on then the structure comes in but like jimmy said the structure is, is might not be there and the teams are now focused on you know, doing simple things like fucking shooting the puck hard and, and the skill is, is showing and it's, it's exciting. Up dog, you make a great point. And, and the, first, the thing about backskating, I used to try to beg the coach Broadway that can we just play three on three? You know, remember at the end of practice or two on two, you're like, I'll play with the coach, the other two guys, just to get away from the backskating. But up, you, you, well, I agree with everything you say now. Broadway, you can jump in on this too. There's not a whole lot of practice time, right? So these guys are going to have to, you know, learn on the fly, throw on their team. So, Updog, there's maybe a chance that this, this scoring for the first half of the year could kind of stay up because they don't have much time to practice. You're going to see some old school coaches. And I, by old school, I mean guys who've won, you know, in this league and had success by, by having their teams play a lot of defense. I look at Dave Tippett in Edmonton, for example. He can't get his team to play defense if they try. Yeah, I know. Now, is he going to be happy and fulfilled the yeah. whole year? Or is he going to be okay just trying to beat teams by five, six, you know, by scoring five or six goals? Yeah. He's not going to have, you know, his team shut down other teams and have them only score one, maybe, you know, two goals. It's run and gun style in Edmonton. It's run and gun style in Vancouver, in Calgary. You have their best players run and gun. You, you look at that all over the, the league and these old school coaches are going to kind of have to sit back and go, okay, my best players, they don't practice. Yeah, they're gonna as long as I guess they can keep up their offensive play and score on the power plays, create offense. It's good for the game. Might not be so good for uh, you know for the goalies. GA for the plus minus. Yeah. But hey, hey, up dog. Seriously, I watched the Oilers opening night, buddy, and I was just like, "Fuck, here we go again." Now, granted, they bounced back. McDavid did his thing. Like, I get it. If I'm on that team, you know, I'm like, okay, if we give up two or three, it's okay because we're gonna score four or five. But it, you played for Dave Tippett. How is he going to handle it moving forward? He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to scream and yell, right? Or how does he, how would he, how can he get across these guys? Boys, play some fucking D and we could win the Stanley Cup. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, he he was a silent tip. Uh, when I had tip, um, you knew what he wanted. There was always an expectation there. And the reason why we were so good in Phoenix and we, we turned a page quickly once the Gretzky era left was that it was it was a collective buy in to, uh, you know, playing on the right side of the puck, uh, shutting down their best players. We had Brzezgalov back in the day there that used to yeah. shut you know shut things yeah. down. So before he got his big ticket, he still try. Before yeah. he was talking about the star. <laughs> before moon. he went to the moon. Yeah. Uh, they they have you know Costin in there, and they have Smith. But love Smitty. Love Smitty. But these guys, I mean, you can't f- have these guys face fifty shots a night. No. So collectively, Dave Tibbet's not going to yell and scream, but he's going to look around, and his his demeanor means play this way, and you're going to win games. Yeah. McDavid's going to score us goals. Dreisaitl will score us goals. Tyson Berry will be a great power play guy in the back end. If you can just play a little defense, you'll see where this team can yeah. go. And that's that's a message that's going to be maybe hard to get by a lot of the younger guys, and especially with no practice time. But but who knows? It, it's endless where they can go if they play deep. Broadway, I got, just real quick, Broadway. If, if you're a veteran guy in that Edmonton Oilers dressing room, and, and you know you're like you have never won a Stanley Cup. I'll be talking from the, the coaches. If you're a veteran guy, what are you? Is it too early to push the panic button there on the defensive side of it, or are you pressing concern right now, being like, boys, let's tighten this up? That's what I was just gonna uh, ask you guys. The same thing. I think um, that's gonna have to come from the leadership. The leadership has to. They need a buy-in to playing defense. They know they're gonna score their goals. But if they can figure out a way, even like guys like McDavid and Drysaddle, I know they're the high-powered offensive guys. But if they could tighten up their defensive game a little bit more, it's gonna—it's like a leading by example. It's gonna go, gonna be contagious, and teams are gonna continue to try to be a better defensive team. And that's what they need to be an effective team in this NHL. Boys, the retro jerseys—we talked about it before the before the opening or uh, before they announced the season coming back. There was a couple that started off with the Oilers. I thought looked good with the blue. I thought the Buffalo ones were absolutely nasty. And then Avs changed their jerseys in general. Up, Doug. What did you? What did you? Yeah. What did you think? I love Buffaloes. They might be one of the best if if they can find a way to throw a W while wearing <laughs> oh, them. Oh, nasty uh, Buffalo, which is important because you know how it is. Superstition. You got fans. The, soon it's going to be like it's our jersey. We can't. You know, we can't win a game if it's our jersey. Now I only say this is one game in the season, <laughs> but. Uh, I can't wait to see LA's purple. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to see New Jersey's old school Hartford Whaler. Um, Carolina got the Whaler. Yeah. Carolina. Carolina's. It's Carolina's has yeah. the Hartford Whaler, but, but Jersey but has, Jersey's has that like maroon green. green. Yeah. yeah. Or Jersey's mar- got that sick with the green. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of hype. I I know the Avs wore theirs with their with their bucket on uh their new buckets, Obi, day one. Yeah, they changed their whole thing. So With like message, I message blue. Yeah, it's got ba- it's got ball on it now. It's so Broadway. When I played in Colorado, I was like, we would wear the black helmets and pants. Black pants. Those threw me and off we, a little bit. The only black thing in our uniform was the puck in the avalanche thing. So I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like, why? Maybe it should be the. And anyways, they changed it to the whole blue. Broadway, did you see the, the avalanche new jerseys? Yeah, I saw those uh, uniforms. They threw me off at first, like the helmet in the the pants, but I I like them. It makes them look sharp and. I don't know these new jerseys. Uh, maybe these guys are just fast, but these new unis are making everybody look so fast. <laughs> I think it's just they're fucking fast. I think this, they're too fast out there. I think these guys. I'm like, I'm watching these games. Like, I can't even follow the puck. I'm like, maybe it's because I, mean, I hit the one. Ja- maybe because right I hit the one jammer. But... Fucking yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I hit the weed pen, but then I'm like, did you hit it last night? Yeah, I'm like, can anyone see the fucking puck out there? Hockey must look so good when you're high watching it. Well, it's, it's pretty good, especially I mean, now the new jerseys. You know, yeah, the, the lights, especially <laughs> if you're wa- if you're watching those games, you get the Vegas. Yeah. 
I know we mentioned it last game, but Jimmy, did you see the different colored seats with the different advertising in T-Mobile Arena in Vegas? It looked badass. And I knew going in that a, a team like Vegas and a, you know, a city like Vegas would make sure that that experience for those players going in still feels like Vegas. And I think it does for the most part, other than maybe those dancers and yeah. You know, you get the God. I love what they did. Yeah, in the that's playoffs, a nice touch in year. Vegas. Yeah. When you totally, they had the dancers on the glass and warm ups. Distracted you, didn't to get it? the boys fired. It distracted up. you. I ah, remember we had, when they went. Nothing distracts me. When they me. went to the finals before game one, they had the Broadway. They had the fucking. Uh, they got girls from like strip clubs in Vegas and got them or showed not strippers but show dancers show or whatever dancers. to show line girls. up behind the net. So that they weren't girls. I know. Yeah. Professional they weren't from dancers. The Rhino, yeah, I'm gonna recognize a couple if they're from the Rhino. Um. Up, you teed me right up into the next point here. Obviously, we, we talked about how well the, the NHL did with the return to play. Like the bubble in Toronto Broadway and the bubble in Edmonton. It looked good on TV. They had the electric screens like, like Hazy's brother a couple weeks ago. Now, to me, Uppy, it sounds quiet out there. I'm a couple rinks sound real quiet. Vegas looked amazing, but I'm so used to that barn rocking. I think I'm just going to piggyback what you said. I think these teams, I think they have to do a little bit more to make it a little more exciting in there. Yeah, they're going to find a way to, as this goes on, look, look, this is all put together so fast for every rink. This wasn't a planned bubble. This was all of a sudden, you know, uh, an agreement amongst the owners to pretty much bend over backwards and and take it in the chin this year financially for the for the fans. <laughs> take it to the tailpipe. Eh? Take it to the tailpipe. <laughs> so, but basically, hats off to them, and I've said this before, yeah. but uh, the, the fans needed hockey. Uh, it needed it as a game. Um, the players, families, what they're going to go through just to make sure that, you know, it's a COVID-free uh, environment so their teams don't have to, you know, reschedule games and forfeit points and all that craziness. But um, I would expect over the course of the next month or so that teams will start to figure out what they can do to add a little entertainment, add a little excitement. Um, you know, we watch our games here in the U.S. on NBC Sports. The first day there was, I think, three, right? It was it was Philly, and then it was Tampa, and then we had a West Coast game. St. Louis, Colorado. St. Colorado. Louis, Colorado. The St. Louis, Colorado game, the announcers, they need to do more on NBC Sports to provide a viewing um, experience for fans. Fuck. And I know it was the late game, but I, I was know, still up. I, I was like... having a glass of wine. I was feeling good, but <laughs> I'm watching my Blues and McKinnon play, right? So it's you're excited, but they don't do anything to get – the fan excited from a commentary standpoint and that can be addressed and jimmy i don't know about you but it's you know you watch a right philly up. game and you listen to the philadelphia flyers play-by-play -play guys go awesome you listen to the st louis uh gerbs my st louis radio guy fucking awesome darren pang boom awesome color guy they need to just make sure that these guys have a lot of energy because you think about it the commentators are in the ring too with no fans so they don't have energy to feed off too so they kind of got to just give a little more and that's that's me from a fan standpoint and now maybe a media standpoint thinking that these guys can do a little more. Media super standpoint. Oh, wow. Broadway, what are, you, what are your thoughts on – I agree with everything Uppy said. Do you agree with that from watching the game? Certain places are rocking more – I mean, not rocking because there's no fans, but it just sounds better. Other places, it's like it's fucking quiet, Broadway. Yeah, I agree with everything Uppy said. That was a great point that he made with the NBC uh, getting a little more involved and a little more energy because as a, from the arena standpoint, there's only so much they can do – I think they'll get more creative as the year goes on. But like you said, the technology that NBC has, they might be able to throw some stuff on the screen that the arena can't do it and just make it more like the, the NFL did the, the Nickelodeon thing. That was, was kind of funny. I was, I was laughing my ass off with the touchdowns, but that's stuff that the, the 
network and do. That's where that's where you do some mushrooms <laughs> and watch football. That's where you do zoomers and watch football. All of a sudden, you're listening to kids with all the, the colors across the <laughs> but, screen and. It was pretty cool. Like I got slime. slime. I thought yeah, that was pretty cool. Crazy. I mean, you're trying to make it more interesting, right? When are we going to have this Oculus what? goggle experience? So what Bertuzzo texted me yesterday okay. a photo of, of Fact Daddy the Fact in Daddy. the hotel, and he's got the Oculus goggles on. Now, they're Facebook's Oculus virtual goggles, right? And you play like a million video games with these. Is this things. the things that you can like, a girl can come out and fuck you like in them too? Is that yeah, the same yeah, thing? Oh, you can straight, box and stuff on straight, it? So you, you, can you like, do it feels straight. like a girl is coming out. <laughs> the boxing's hilarious. Boxing. Not probably as exciting as, as the gangbang that's, that's you can right, find though. yourself am, in. Am I right about that? Yeah, you're, yeah. I think you're 100% okay. right. I, I was curious. Well, now you're giving it away now. <laughs> Your girls aren't going to buy you these goggles for Christmas anymore. But Well, that's okay. Um, no, so anyway, the, the experience of that is almost... We're getting to a place with watching TV and, and witnessing sports. You know, Anyone in media will tell you that, that it's going to go somewhere within a virtual reality world eventually. And... Uh, I mean, what better way to start than a little it's, it's three, like, on, three on one porn? Is, are we ever going to go Westworld style ups? I know you want to go Westworld. I love Westworld. Westworld and style. yes, it's coming. <laughs> Westworld's coming. It's I hope so. Within 10 years. There's a lot of fun stuff. Uh, Broadway, this has been some big news. And I want to start with you because, well, you, both you beauties played with this guy. But um, in Florida, the Keith Yandel rumors about the Iron Man stream. Listen, I only, I only know Yans a little bit. So, But from everything you've told me, Broadway, and everybody that's played with him, this guy's one of the best for, um, what are your thoughts on it, Broadway, that they may help you scratch him? Have you talked to him? Have you heard from him? What, what, what's going on? I haven't spoken to him yet, but if, if this happens, I honestly don't know if I can root for the Florida Panthers. Like This Iron Man streak is something he takes huge pride in. Any player takes pride in that. It's, he's, he's, uh, I think he's 60 games away from setting the all-time record for the Iron Man. So I, I think it's coming from up top because Coach Q is uh, – He's not the type of guy to uh, scratch uh, Keith Yandel. And you're telling me that there's five other defensemen in the Florida Panthers that are better than Keith Yandel? So this has got to be definitely coming from up top. And if these rumors are true, it, it's really disappointing. I mean, he had almost had 50 points last year. He had 48. I think he had 48 points, Jimmy, something like He's, that, in 60, 60 games. You're telling me he, he had that Good it's of insane. A, he had that uh, of an off season. He probably fucking what he put on what twenty five pounds and came in just a terrible guy. No, he, I worked. I out know. With him. He I, looks what I'm saying is, well, Broadway. If you worked out with him, that's not exactly helping his case. I don't think. <laughs> you you do a podcast now. You're not in the national league. Don't be like, hey, you, <laughs> well, Yance is gonna be like, hey, Kyle, I worked out with Broadway Coyle, this year. Kevin Hayes, Colin White, Noah Hannafin. I could keep going down. I'm just so it's coming. We got big time players. It is there. coming from somewhere. Whether it's the new GM Bill Zito who has some other plan. But there's a better way to handle this. I mean, the the article Frank Cervelli wrote made me text him and say, like, is this is this for real? And he's like, basically, they're just saying he's a bad guy and they don't want him in the lineup. And that's crazy to me. There's not one. I've, uh, Fiddler texts. Fid that's crazy to me. Yeah, Every Vern guy Fiddler loves texts me and was like, can you believe this? And sent me the article right when it came out. And I'm like, I'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, basically, like. There has been no one in the history of, of the modern-day NHL who's played with Yandel who didn't like appreciate kind of who the guy is, how he energizes the room, how he takes care of younger players, good family guy. I mean... Picks up with tabs on the road, I heard, right? Like, that's always I, I, I'm yeah. shocked. I, to me, that's a splash as a new GM that you do not make, especially to a guy that's probably did a whole lot more in his, in his career for hockey than you ever have. Mm -hmm. And I don't 
know much about Bill Zito, but I know he didn't play in 840 straight NHL games yeah. and play on three or four clubs as a, as a marquee, you know, um, power play specialist, it, offensive guy. Yeah. Give me a break. Jans, wherever you go, the team will be lucky to have you and just fucking st- stay healthy and keep playing those games. You deserve it. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, let's, let's move away from Jans. Cause I, from what Jans is a beauty and what's happened to him and he still can play. Let's say this thing comes up Broadway. It still comes. Let's say this comes up with a guy who who shouldn't be in the lineup still, but the Iron Streaks, the Iron Man Streaks, still up there. Can, do you sacrifice giving a young kid an opportunity? And, and listen, Florida, fuck, they haven't been in the playoffs in years. They're trying to get better. I'm not, I'm not, not Yans. Just in general, does the Iron Man keep you in the lineup no matter what, even if you can't play? Not Yandel. Just let's say it was a fourth line guy. That I, I say yes. I, I think like this, the Iron Man streak is so impressive to me. A guy to be able to kind of play that many consecutive games that he deserves a shot and. There's a reason he's playing that many games in a row. So if it comes to a point where he can't play anymore, I, I don't know if he's. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be well, an NHL roster. If it's if it's a guy that you still got, I know what you're going to say. He's a veteran. You got to keep him in the lineup. I'm I'm just curious. I'm I'm just curious. If it's a the fourth guy line guy, a fucking puck in the lips. I'm not talking about Yandel. I'm not talking about Yandel. I know. I'm not so, talking about Yandel. I'm talking about a fourth line. Any plug. guy who has played that many games in a row mm-hmm. has went back on the ice against all odds, doctors fucking you know <laughs> yeah. anyone and and he's done it for the for the team not just for himself for the team exactly I'll I mean, be. okay so let's, let's say okay let's so say if it's if it's a hundred games guy's gonna fucking hit his hundredth game <laughs> it, it was like babcock sitting medano for his thousand yeah, fucking games a donkey it's the donkey donkey <laughs> so what's to say that this guy's not a donkey for for even coming out like this and rather than keeping it internal yeah and saying yans like we need you to do more or we're going to trade you. We're not going to just come out in the media and say you're not part of this and we're going to jeopardize your your you know, Iron Man. And, in, and start some brutal rumor. Yeah, yeah. So so, <laughs> so basically, Obes, I agree, to answer boys. your question. I love that you're getting fired up, though. Bring it. No, to answer your question, this, will, this sort of thing always happens, right? But it happens behind closed doors that we don't really know about. Yeah. And that's a guy deserves that in a situation like Mike Medano, who's been around forever, um, you know, and, and quite frankly... Bill Zito, I think this is his first head job. That's just not the right yeah. splash to make. Maybe, I agree. Maybe find a way to move Bobrovsky so you can so you can g- gain some cap yeah, yeah. and not be so tied tied up there when you have two young goalies. I agree. Night that was your boy Dale Tom, but I agree. So yeah. Oppie, let's just yeah. say let's uh, let's live in a fantasy world here because it's our podcast. We can. Can we get those goggles? I have an Iron Man streak. I have an Iron, I have an Iron Man streak going up. You're the GM. I got 800 games straight. I come to the camp. <laughs> How late were you out last and night? I'm fucking missed curfew. Okay. And I'm the first 10 games, I get the fucking doors blown off me. Are you still going to keep me out there? Or are you going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, man. The Iron Streak's fucking over, bro. You no, know? I would say tonight... You motherfucker, you're going to play 30 minutes. I'm not me. taking you off the ice. You're going to fucking puke, and you might make a fool of yourself. But... No, I. But I, I look at you and I respect the streaks you alive, and the fucking stay is alive, kid. I love it. So hey, I want to get your two beauty style on this because Uppy just mentioned it, and it, it has to do with the Leafs with Jumbo Joe playing on the left side with Tavares and Marner to start the game. He, he lasted two periods. He actually played pretty well, and then they have Wayne Simmons in front of the net on the first unit power play, and basically Tavares is on the second unit. And I said to Cooley on the power play that it had to do with Sheldon Keith wanting these veteran guys to come in here, told them the love. Not what Bobcock did last year by scratching Spezza. Let these veteran guys come in. At the end of the day, Tavares is going to be on the first fucking power play. But he wants these veteran guys to have a say. And that's exactly what he's doing, right, Uppy? Yeah, that's a respect factor. And it's it comes from a young coach who realizes that's how you gain respect. Mm-hmm. Joe Thornton's done a whole lot more in his career than Sheldon Keefe. 
But he knows that if he wants Jumbo Joe to be there to support him on the decisions, the hard ones he has to make, whether that's to sit Jumbo out game 10, yeah. you got to give him respect from game one on. And that's something that old school guys might not look at. Some idiot, idiot coaches who have... Babcock, let's yes. throw it right out there. Mike Babcock. Okay, who's now an NBC yeah. analyst. Yeah. So let's see what he has to say about this. Babs does have nice that's, hair, though. Give him that. That's well, <laughs> yeah, he, he puts in his time. Yeah, He's no. put in his time. We're not going to trip But... Uh, let's be honest, Patrick Marlowe, the way he got treated in San Jose when they wouldn't sign him, that's where he wanted to play. That's where, and he, he goes on and he, he carries his legacy and his streak to beat Gordie Howe's game play record. He carries it on to other clubs and they love it, right? And then finally he gets to go back because they realize you shouldn't treat guys like this, you know? I agree. So Broadway, Alpi makes a great point. Maybe with the floor, let's go back to Yans. Okay, so you let Yan start the year, right? Because they haven't even played a fucking game. And this guy, like, so let him go out there, play 10 to 20 games. And then if he's struggling, maybe even Yan's, from what you guys told me, is the type of guy that might be like, all right, maybe I do deserve to sit down. But you got you to gotta start with Yan's in the opening lineup and give him a chance to play just because of what he's done, right? It, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a respect uh, factor. And like you said, it's like those guys, it goes back to the guys in Toronto. Those guys have proved throughout their career that they're number one power play guys. So you got to give them a chance to... Uh, play their game at, in Toronto with all that high-end talent, and then you see where it goes. And But it comes from respect, and, and as we know as players, when you respect the coach and the coach respects you, everybody in the room is having way more fun. I mean, I, I mean, if I loved Yans as much as I did, I might just take the matter into my own hands, and whatever young defenseman was trying to play, I might just go out and practice, right? Hey, either fucking yeah. fire a puck off his ankle. It I don't know. It's a bully went, move. But. It worked when he went after Willie in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, Mitchie. Sorry, Mitchie, hey, Mitchie, baby. Sorry about that. Still, I still, I was healthy scratch for eight straight. I was just trying to get, a, I was just trying to get a spark going. But uh, eight straight. That's uh, yeah, nothing. But, That's nothing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know you that well, but buddy, everybody, I'm missing curfew. We're pulling for you. Put him in the fucking lineup, um, boys. I had Dally Wacker on the head coach of the Ducks and talking about video and, and stuff like this, and he said there wasn't going to be much video heading down the stretch of these divisions because you play so many teams. And, and you guys were forward guys. You both played the power play. It, it just occurred to me that maybe Oppie, special teams are going to be more important than ever down the stretch here because, listen, five on five, if I play you eight, nine time, times Broadway, we're going to know what we do, right? Do you think special teams are even more important? This year? Yeah, games are, games are every other day, right? Your best players need their energy, but they got to be mentally crisp. And sitting in meetings, quite frankly – Sucks. Uh, it sucks. It sucks. It's the worst. <laughs> Ask any guy. It sucks. sucks. Except maybe the new kids that, you know, are attached to their iPods and yeah. every yeah. time they make a bad play, they want to look at it on the bench. Exactly. Um, no, you know what? Teams right now need their best players firing. If there's things they need to work on, it's probably going to be worked on, um, you know, during the game. Because yeah. quite frankly, there's, there's no practice time. Uh, the guys might go out. Well, and I think Dally mentioned this in his interview with you. Like Getsy might go out for the first 15 minutes of practice. And in that first 15 minutes of practice, if they have a practice day, he might work on the power play with his guys. And then he does a couple like, you know, drills to get the legs going and get the hands going. And then he's off. Yeah. And then the taxi squad and all the other guys, you know, the third, fourth liners, like me and Jimmy. Here comes up Shaw O'Brien and fucking Hayes. <laughs> then all the meat and cheese comes out. And fucking, then they, then they really show you how to fucking get a, get a deep and muck in the corner. But um, yeah, you know what? Especially teams are going to decide games, 
they're gonna five on three you need to score those goals six on five got to find a way to put those in the net um so those are areas that these guys will be a big difference in uh in being successful this year making the playoffs or not i agree and broadway uppy makes a great point practice And, and the one thing you can do and the obviously power play guys love it is you can work on your power play even if you play back to back like uppy said you go out you work on the power play you get off the ice so that kind of proves the point i'm thinking that special teams are going to be even more important and, and these power plays might be even more more deadlier deadlier this year than previous years yeah i agree with you on that i think that this this is going to be a year where your special teams has to be through the roof and i think that what's the the stat like if you have like a 85 percent uh penalty killed your, your power play needs to be at least 15 percent it's got to add up to 100 yeah, that's so it. you're gonna that's a stat we should be following with these teams so if you can get a power play clicking at 20% this year and, and get off to a good start, because that's going to be the biggest thing this year is getting off to a good start with a shortened schedule to put yourself in the playoff race right from the jump. And that's going to be uh, decided, I think, with power play and penalty kill. So, Hazy, that's why you're a fucking Jimmy Scoop stack guy. That is, the old, that is the old rule. And to give you a little perspective here, the first two nights, power plays in the NHL are clipping at over 30%. So right away, the boys are coming out of the gates scoring a lot of power play goals. So if, if they can keep that up, fuck, it could be crazy for, for – I think special teams are going to be huge down the stretch and even more into the start of the season. So, so the, guy, the guys are laying down to block shots like you used to. <laughs> guys are getting out of the way. Get the like, fuck out of the they're way. They're like, fuck, exactly. <laughs> they get hit with a puck in practice like, I'm not fucking. They shoot too hard know, now. Right? Um, I just thought about the taxi squad if we were on it. When we would come out there, they'd be like, fuck, it smells like a bunch – smells like a <laughs> fucking like brewery. <laughs> get drunk by this game by us by the way no, no let's talk about yeah, that because yeah. fans probably love this shit yeah talk about it so if you're drunk at practice yeah. obviously like you went out the night before it is impossible <laughs> well, <laughs> to hide it oh, right yeah. like yeah. I, I always could shower up look fresh have the coffee jimmy always would say so would you like yeah. witnessing it firsthand it's, it's a skill i got a funny story one what was the secret to like yeah what's the secret boys to hiding it while you're on the ice because the cold air like it keeps the fucking smell around right oh, like fuck yeah. you when you stretch your before pads. practice and the coach he'd skate by everyone behind everyone right and he'd know before practice started i'd always go a little little halls yeah halls like a little halls maybe a little oh, vicks, vicks vapor rub, rub right on the chest and then just fucking don't breathe around anyone that is uh, like don't. a guy that might be like geez you wrote last night or you yeah, know yeah, an like, assistant coach that you just couldn't tell i never went near those guys anyways that's what I was going to say. You try to stay fucking clear of the head coach and just go near the coaches oh, yeah. that. I did the old Vicks Vapor Rob too, Uppy, and then I look back at my career. I'm like, that wasn't fucking fooling anyone, was it? No, no. no. You smell O'Brien. He smells like a fucking, <laughs> like uh, it, Broadway, CVS fucking I pharmacy. Broadway, if, I had, as long as I wasn't too hungover, I, if I was still kind of, this is bad to say, oh, fuck, my mom listens to this. If I was still kind of drunk or half drunk, I was okay. But if I was just hung cheese out there then i was terrible what about you yeah i i had one of the biggest mistakes i made was uh we had a night out and it was uh we had a sunday practice so obviously green light on saturday and i was hung titties and uh it was a power play practice and it was a day big z got taken off the power play so he's on the penalty kill out the net front guy oh, no. and he could smell me i took an absolute beating in front of the net for 35 minutes i was like this was supposed to be an easy practice it's power play and now i'm getting my fucking ass kicked 
I just laugh at that. I love it. The first thing I thought is it should never be a Sunday practice, even if you're on a fucking. Nor should you ever have to go against Zdeno Chara in practice. No. In front of that. <laughs> Hung like over. Maybe like uh, Greg Zanin or something. But yeah, not, right. Not Big Z. I remember. Big Z. I remember. This guy loved it. Hornquist in Nashville. I used to, in practice, just abuse him in front of that. But he, like, loved it. Like, I, I would never do that to you, Broadway, because I know you hate it. I know you're out mixing it the night before. But, like, Horny, he'd be like, yeah, keep it coming. I'm like, no. Really? Just get out of the fucking. Don't stand here right That's now. Crazy. He loved it. So. No. Uppy, you were a great hungover <laughs> player. That's why you played fucking 800 games. But, boys, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. We all know Petro was a big off-signing deal, right? Fucking whatever, seven years, what, 50 bananas or whatever he got. Bananas. Yeah, yeah. So, Vegas is in cap trouble, up dog. And last night in their home opener, they beat the Ducks. Um, Close match. Yeah, Ducks I fuck- took first period uh, Vegas at, at minus a half half a snipe and it was looking good i even text you and jimmy from my sauna i'm like geez you guys watching this game all the blowout already came out and bing bing two two first like six minutes who scored the first two duck schools i missed it i was uh between a couple a couple new guys in fact i'd butcher their names but was it my boy gets he set up a nice one from behind the net he's so good i love that guy so yeah it was that max comtos kid he was a first rounder up dog he was actually the fucking French captain for the World Juniors team when he was flopping around like three years ago. Ah, remember wow, you were wow, chirping wow. him? Yeah, yeah, that's the kid. I remember and that name. Kind of, I remember that name now. His Instagram. Kind of a meathead actually, of it. Yeah, his Instagram actually, I've, I don't know, I've NHL posted or something. He's been like playing roller hockey down on the peninsula with his tarp off. So oh, you don't mind Saturdays. that. You don't mind that. Saturdays. Yeah, that's the kid. <laughs> right up up his alley. But up dog, I, I wanted to ask you about so with, with the Vegas, they went 13 forwards, five defensemen, boys, because they're in, they're in some serious cap problem. Like, I think they have. I think, I think even their 60s yeah, down the taxi squad. Do you, you think, first of all, do you think it's a Bush League move that maybe the NHL has to consider changing this rule? And can you take 5D all year, even in 56 games up? If you can, you can do it with a team like Vegas. I mean, Petro and McNabb, uh, Shea Theodore, those three guys alone can play 30 minutes each. I, I truly believe. Now, playing back-to-backs and game after game, that's going to that's gonna wear on the guys. One of those guys goes down, like heads up, you're going to be in trouble. Fuck. But uh, to start the season off, if you're under the cap, you know, odds are a guy does get hurt somewhere and you, you know, you fill that spot with a, with a, a younger player making limited amount and you put that money away and you save that on the cap. But, but right now, uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights, I feel totally comfortable at 13 and 5. I just hate to be the 13 forward. I was just Which I've say. been a couple times. The old fucking grocery stick. The old eh? Trotsy oh, coming in before the game. Coming in before the game with your name on the fucking fourth line. Fuck, he'd come in, Trotsy, and just look and at seven. all four names on that fourth line. Right right after warm-ups, he'd come in and just look right at me and be like, Uppy, not tonight, kid. And he'd just scratch my name off. I'm like, fuck's sake. But almost we that's better talk. than going out on the bench oh, and just sitting the there. Failing. It's way better than going out on the bench. But Trotsy used to do this. I love Trotsy. But he would do this even when I played in Nashville to our young guys. Like morning skate, the guys would come off after morning skate, and then he'd be like, "I don't have, I don't know, I don't know." Yeah, but yeah, you know why he does that? Because and this is great, like not great, honest. but you no. Know, but I think I think Dave Poyle has a lot to do with the with the lineup back uh, in the day in Nashville. So he he was like, "I don't know if you're playing." So now right. these poor kids up here, you lived it. They go to pregame meal. I mean, they probably know in the back of their head they're not playing, but let the fucking guy morning skate. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a that's yeah. a that's a big. Quindle issue. Quindle is the best at letting guys know early. Yeah, did he let you know he right didn't away? He let me like, know a day before one time on Saturday. It was St. Patrick's Day on Sunday. He told me Saturday I wasn't playing Sunday. I was like, well, green light. That is the fucking, that is the coolest thing I've heard. I've heard a lot of cool things about Coach Q, but I always said if I was assistant coach, 
Maybe it would change when you're actually getting paid to coach, but I would give my guys a heads up the night before. Hey, listen, you're not playing. I'm not saying go out till five in the morning, but go out and enjoy yourself. You're not playing tomorrow. We'll get a good work day in the morning and then you have a nap. But these guys, they don't do it like that. No, no, no. It's old school. And I think that'll change over time. Yeah. You know, now with the taxi squad, I mean, they're going to have to keep guys in shape. You're not just going to, you know, have a guy not prepare to, you know, play the next day. Um, you can't just have these guys like not skating in the mornings and going into these games and not like getting extra work because yeah. it is all about like staying crisp and staying in, staying in game shape. The one thing with the taxi squad boys, I did. So if you're on the taxi squad and you're on a two-way contract up dog, you're not making fucking, you're making American League money, but no escrow. American you get League money. NHL per diem. So at least some of these kids, NHL per diem is like 80 bucks a day. That's okay. From Broadway. Vegas 13 and five. What would you do if you're playing against them? Can they do it all year? Or is it something the NHL may need to fix moving forward? Like you have to dress 60 or what do you think? Um, I don't think the NHL is going to be able to control who they like put in their lineup, but I'm just so curious to see like, like Uppy made a great point. Uh, Vegas is able to do it because of the top end defensemen that they have, but it's just, I, I don't know how they're going to be able to stay into this cap. Like who, they're going to have to get rid of somebody, get out of the cap. It's, that's a lot of that's a lot of minutes to put on uh, those defensemen early on, especially in a year that's going to be a shortened season. But you're going to need them even more at the end. So yeah, they're trying to get rid of old fucking Max Pacioretty there. That's what they're trying to do. But he that, looked good last night. Fuck, he did look yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand how this guy's name so comes well. up in the trade. And that room. Mark he's Stone so boy, he's just a pussy though, Pacioretty, isn't he? Or <sighs> he's just soft, isn't he? Up, like, he a pussy. I don't know. Like, would you? Let's say back, let's go back to your blues days when you guys were on the verge. Like if they came to you, hey, Uppy, we can get Max Pacioretty. What have you I said? Let's get him. I think we actually tried. Oh, so you would I want I think him. we tried one year. Um, Just because he could put the puck in the net, right? Yeah. I, yeah 30 goal score. I don't think he's your he's your captain. Yeah, like he, he shoots the puck so well and he skates so well. Um, I would take him over a lot of guys, but, you know, to, to lead into the, like to lead you into the fight, no. he's not your guy. But he's a good second. But he's, you know what? He's a good guy. I hear he's a good guy. Um, he still has hockey left to play. For sure. And f fuck, I mean, what Mark Stone was doing last night to, like, you play with a guy like that, he wins those extra pucks, and he's so strong on his stick. Like, the Pacioretty go-ahead goal yesterday, which he came down the wing and got, like, this little sick dish from Stone, and he just ripped it five-hole. That shit, I mean, you put a good shooter with fucking Mark, Mark Stone all, all year, the guy's 30 easy. I know. Mark Stone, he's, he's just so consistent. He just does oh, not have to into a hell of a player. Like, he guy. just doesn't look good. But but when he he gets pucks, to, I mean, he's the first captain in, in Golden Knights history, too. I, I heard that last night. I forgot they've never named a captain. He's the yeah, first Mark captain. Stone is, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Congrats, speaking Mark of Stone. Fucking lead, speak of leading you into the fire, into the fight, as my boy Updog would say. Let's talk about fucking Connor McDavid, McJesus. I mean, they, he. This Mick, is Mick fucking alien. Yeah, this is so opening Man. night. Him and him and McKinnon got held off the scoreboard. That will never happen again the rest of the year. But Uppy, I watched this kid play last night. What did you think of his game? I mean, three goals. He had a hat trick and an apple. He was a little ticked off that he got shut out in, in game one. Um, and what you're going to see out of Connor McDavid this year, boys, and you know Captain Connolly mentioned it. It's he is elite. Right, and we're gonna see it out of McKinnon. We're gonna see it out of Matthews. But on any given night, this this Connor McDavid he wants to take over a game. He can fuck. if he gets pucks and gets to skate the whole length of the ice, going fucking a billion miles an hour. Uh, he's gonna get these highlight reel goals. It's great for the game. It's great for fans, young kids everywhere watching that happen. Is you know gets them off their couch, 
Uh, get some smiling. Get some happy. Whether you're an Oilers fan or not, I mean, watching that in, in you know, watching a highlight like that is pretty fucking cool. I mean, Broadway, before we get your tights on McDavid's game last night, I mean, did you see the power play breakout? Literally, he fucking gave it to Bears. Bears gave it to Drysaddle. McDavid went all the way inside the blue line, and Drysaddle just backhand <laughs> sauced it to him. And then he was, buddy, he was going like, they, they clocked it on the clock in kilometers in Canada. I don't know what it was, but he was fucking humming, Broadway. Yeah, like how do you stop that? And like he just like like you said, he's a guy that he was on a mission last night, and he's he's a game changer. He 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 wins games by himself. And up yeah, you sent an article I think it was a couple of days ago, and I was reading that uh, stat. Like the people were kind of chirping his defensive game, but it said it's dropped a little bit because he started involving his teammates more, and that just goes to show you how good he is. He can just break out on his own in the best league in the world yeah like he was giving up he was giving up uh the puck coming through the neutral zone to give it to his players where the percentage of him carrying it over carrying the puck over and creating chances is it's astronomically bigger it's crazy but this is the nhl superstar yeah it's yeah this is our nhl superstar boys and it will be for a long time the the league needs to do whatever it can to keep this guy healthy Playing hockey day in day out, scoring goals like that, celebrating like that. I mean, when he, when he did the one knee pumper nickel into the glass, you could have thought he was doing that in front of fucking twenty thousand people. Whatever goes on in this guy's head, we'll never know. But and we'll never think like him. But man, Connor, just keep it up. Keep skating like that. Keep scoring goals. Let's see you fucking push for the goal scoring lead. Why couldn't you? Thank you, team. First, I thought two things. First of all, if I was playing against him, I would be like, Connor, can you please slow down? Yeah. And two, Hazy, I was slow like, down. I was like, Hazy, but our, our, our Art Ross pick with Matthews after I watched with David last night, I'm like, we got no fucking chance, man. <laughs> if this guy's scoring at this pace, this is going to be a tough, tough guy to catch. Dude, I saw one guy, fucking might have been Gene Principe or somebody from Edmonton, tweet out when camp started that. He goes, McDavid looks faster if that's possible. And I was like, this guy's fucking just... But then I watched him play last night. I'm like, fuck, he made yeah. me up faster up top, right? It's a beautiful thing to watch, boys. Oh, it's hockey porn up there. I want to know what he does for his workouts. Yeah, he's, <laughs> more than we did, I can tell you that. But uh, yeah, Connor, good on you, buddy. You're good for the game. Tyson Berry, I think, got a couple apples. Up dog, Bravo, you too. You guys spent a lot of time in front of the net. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. A thing came out yesterday on social media. The Leafs are already complaining about cross-checks in front of the blue paint. Now, listen, I get it. From a guy who took too many cross-checking penalties, right away I was like, that's a fucking joke. But the game's changed. Updog, it's a fine line. Be careful here because if these refs start calling every single cross-check, I mean, guys are going to go there and, and never get touched. What are your thoughts coming out of Toronto that there's too much cross-checking? You always get one GM or one team that has an issue because it doesn't fall into how they play. You know, we're witnessing Toronto Maple Leafs whose voice gets heard all throughout the media outlets and throughout the league. You know, if Marner's taking too many slashes, they want slashing looked at. If Matthews or Tavares is in front of the net and they're getting worked over, they want the cross-checking looked at. Obes, I played summer hockey with you for 10 years plus. <laughs> There's not a kid that will go to the net and not take a fucking cross-check in summer hockey. That's hockey. Yeah. <laughs> it's the price you pay to go there. If you keep your stick at either his wrists or his elbows and you're pushing him and you're giving him little shots to get him out of the, your goalie's eyes, that's hockey. Yeah. That you're not, once you go full extend up to the chin, 
Then, okay, sit in the box, take two, five on three. How are you? Fucking goal. Pumper <laughs> Matthews. Oh, yeah, O'Brien, your bench for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, but that's just a, you know, that's just a cry to the wolf. They're just, yeah. they, they want something addressed that doesn't fit how their power play is going to work. Yeah. And I told you before this uh, thing, Marner and Tavares had a play in the first game, a power play play that um, other teams will start to address. But it was basically Marner coming in on his, on his forehand side, on his half wall. And as soon as he got the puck, Tavares was drifting in back to the goalie. And it was Price. And he yeah. knew as soon as he got to the top of the crease that Marners was going to put the puck to the far post. And his body just drifted over there. So he was in Carey Price's eyes. And it was a perfect little tap in. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. That sort of play is what these guys, you know, practice all day long. Yeah. It's what Tavares is good at tipping the puck. Marner is good at the visual part of it and the timing. And, you know, power play goals like that are what, uh, you know, you're going to start to see this year. Teams are going to have these set plays, especially if, if, you know, you can't touch anyone in front of the net. Do you remember when you backed into the goalie in the Spangler Cup? I sure do. <laughs> it was one of the highlights of my fucking Christmas season. <laughs> Broadway. You were a big frame in front of the net. I'm fucking couldn't agree with Upshaw more. What are your thoughts on this fucking Kyle Dubas already complaining? Like, shut the fuck up. It's in front of the net. There's a fine line. Do you agree? I was sh kind of shocked to hear them complaining about cross-checking in front of the net, especially when they have a guy like Wayne Simmons on their team. He loves that style of play. He he actually he embraced it, and he started a fight. And, and oh, God bless that kid. He hammered him with a couple punches, and Jumbo Joe gave him a huge shout-out at the end saying it changed the game. But I, I can't believe the Leafs are complaining about this early on after game one. It's just like it's the price you pay to go on that part of the area. I remember one time I was with uh, – I think I was in New Jersey and I took a cross check and I was talking to Wes McCauley and he just looked at me like, kid, you, that's the spot where you're going to get hit there. Like, suck it up. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of Wes McCauley, did you see his little thing of that fucking beauty going through like doing the high stick in front of the mirror? He's like, no, it's not I, I got better than that. I got better oh, he's than that. the best. Um, I agree. Leafs, shut the fuck up. You guys got a good team. These little fucking guys, a little cross-check doesn't hurt anyone up, dog. Um, up, you made a great point on Tuesday about, you know, you played in Arizona, you played in Florida. I was concerned about no fans. <laughs> fucking the Arizona Coyotes are leading the league in attendance right now, so you know hockey's fucked up. The Yotes. It. Uh, it's great. Austin I Matthews mean, effect. It's great. You're going to see, it, it just might happen that the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes lead the league in, in, in fucking revenue. In revenue. In revenue. In fan experience. Yeah. Um, no, hopefully, hopefully that experience was great for the fans and for the players and that everyone stayed healthy and that, uh, that sort of thing can slowly get implemented into the league. Absolutely. But when I watched Phil Kessel tie the game, uh, with, you know, three seconds left last night, I think, um, you, you saw the crowd jump up it was and it felt like old time hockey. I looked around it might've been more fans than actually when I played. I there. think there might've been two. I was so, like, fuck. So hats off to all you Yotes fans who showed up with, with your kids and the masks on. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, and a friend of mine, my neighbor Shane, uh, he is part of the Thunderbirds with Darcy Hordachuk. Yeah, the Thunderbirds. That's and they had a tournament yesterday uh -huh. at the Waste Management Open because it's in a month. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's Super February second, third. Super Bowl weekend. And man, grandstands yeah, are up on sixteen. I think they're they're allowed to fit eight thousand. Uh, Are com we going? Com patrons. We go oh, I'm, I'm dying to go to, to that. I want passes. Man. Chuck, media if pack. you're listening, if I want passes, you're fucking getting me somewhere, Chuck. All right. <laughs> yeah. If we want to go, we're going. Hordy's Just bring like, him a stick, and he'll get you some Hordy. passes. He's getting us passes for sure. But um, 
I'll be seriously before we move on. I didn't watch that game. How did I got Arizona and San Jose in the bottom of the barrel? Was it? Did they look better than? I, am I not giving them enough credit? Was it a decent hockey game? I saw the Yotes wore those old school unis, which I liked. No, it was uh, what I saw was a lot of power plays, uh, some good goaltending, um, but you have two teams that aren't expected to do much in in the West. Uh, you know they were battling it out last night, and I. I Quite frankly, the game could have went either way. I, I love early in the season when you get like three on three overtime and you, then you get a couple shootouts. It's exciting for the fans and it kind of brings you back to like just how exciting I think three on three hockey is. It's awesome. Three on three hockey. I, I forgot how exciting it is. And when last night I had the Bruins at fucking, I had to like, fuck, I had to put up like 1200 to win 500 bucks and it's fucking three on three and it's going back and <laughs> forth. And I'm sitting with my girl and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, you would have thought I had a million dollars on the fucking game. But anyways, the three-on-three, three, it's super exciting. And the bees they came through for me Broadway. But, um, yeah, I'm, talking, a, I'm with you. The, the this is funny. In, in training camp a couple of years ago, I think it was in St. Louis, I got put out on a three-on-three three in overtime, like, for the, you know, for the exhibition game, right? Oh, yeah, nice. And I didn't I get came, that. I came back to them. I'm looking around. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, why is there only three guys out there? Is there supposed to be four? But handle this. The guys are like... It's been three-on-three three hockey for like five years now. <laughs> but I had never stepped on the ice in overtime. I just, as soon as overtime came, I'd undo my mask. I'd take, yeah. my, I'd, you know, take my fucking <laughs> skates pretty much off. And i just start cheering the boys on with a with a backwards helmet pretty yeah. much. You know, that, me too. That was my gig. My chin strap, as soon as it was overtime, chin strap off. Start cheering. Fucking right, boys. Fucking boys, what are we doing after this, after we win this game? And but, this one quick, boys. We've got last call to make. Yeah, exactly. Broadway, as an American-born player, Larkin was named captain of a Detroit Red Wings team that... Whew. I mean, they played Carolina. Carolina's good, but he's going to have to fucking do some leading there this year. But just as an American-born guy or ex-player, what, what does it mean for you when you see a guy like that named to, to a captain of an original six squad? Uh, I think that's a huge honor for him. And then I thought it was uh, a no-brainer for the Red Wings to name him the captain. He's a Michigan native kid, and he's he's their best player. He's been a lead. He's a dynamic player, and he played a national development team. He's got all those ties to Michigan, but – Seeing another American become a captain of original six team is is really cool, and it's uh, it's a huge honor for him. And congrats! Yeah, it's big, big shoes to fill in in Big D for for Larkin. Um, yeah. You got Eiserman, you got Zetterberg, Lidstrom. Fuck. I mean, you're you're backing That's up the bus in some goddamn legends. <laughs> pretty good players. But uh, listen, I was in Newfoundland a couple of years ago for Danny Cleary's uh, hockey school. Um, I was up there visiting my parents. Stopped over to his hockey school for a day. Skated with some kids. Dylan Larkin was there all week doing extra with these little kids in Newfoundland. Uh, showing up, we went to the George Street Festival together. Was he getting pinned? Good kid. Was he getting pinned? Got pinned. Yeah, okay. good kid. Showed pinned. up for the kids. He's a captain. So He's a leader. I look at that and, and fucking Danny Cleary, who's one of the best guys and never got to play with him, but solid, solid dude. Still works for the for the Detroit Red Wings. Had nothing but good things to say about this kid and um, you know, he's going to have some big shoes to fill on it. It's not going to be, you know, winning every game every night, but you know, positive attitude. He shows up, he works good for him. Good for Detroit. Good for his family. Um, you know, that's good. Yeah. I've, talk, I've still not been to Newfoundland with you. So now that we got this podcast role, maybe we go there in the summertime, get some content and please let's get some content. Dive into that George street. I want to get pinned on that George street. I want to do buddy. it with you, buddy. So, I don't want to get screeched in. Is that what you it's called? You don't have to go people? very far. It's just all you bars on the You stumble everywhere. Yeah, right? yeah, you just stumble around. Fuck, that's perfect for me. Boys, we see it in the NBA. We're at, we're at Hall Pass Studios here with the uh, NBA Summer League and stuff. But you're seeing in the NBA now. These guys are running the fucking league. Harden, I think it was a fucking goof move. Like, I literally watched the game the other night, and this guy is throwing up fucking bricks. Like, he's not even trying. He just gets traded the Nets. 
Pierre-Luc Dubois in, in Columbus is out. For a trade. Torch comes out. Torch says, if he doesn't want to be here, I don't want him here. I'm hoping, boys, that he handles as a pro, plays hard. Uppy, what are your thoughts with Torch coming out? And I said this about Torch. If things go bad in Columbus, this kid, fuck, Torch will scratch him. Torch will bag him. Yeah. Like, hopefully he handles it like a pro, plays well, and gets moved. Dubois, great player, right? Yeah. Good forward, number one. Um, does he earn the right so far in our league to dictate. say what he wants? Dictate? I don't think so. He's the wrong coach to fuck, around to fuck with, with yeah. for one. You're in Columbus. I know Columbus sucks. You hate Columbus. It yeah. fucking rains and snows every fucking day. <laughs> Fuck uh, it up, dog. I, I can't tell you how miserable I was when I, I played there. I, I know I've already mentioned on the podcast. Can I say one thing before? Yeah. That was the only time in your whole career that I have ever texted you and you were physically not up, dog. You were I'm happy. Like, but keep going. Sorry. So, so I get it, Dubois. You're from probably Montreal where you're walking in the Chaparie all the time. You got all those nice restaurants. You got all the Fuck girls walking around in their skirts and tight jeans. I get it, but you don't fuck with the monster. Yeah. And Tortorella is not the coach to do it with. Maybe Sheldon O'Keefe, maybe uh, a younger. Yeah, but know, not like, even Tip. I wouldn't, wouldn't mess with. No, him. Yeah, okay. But maybe a younger players coach you can if you're not that happy. But you know what? The message you're sending to your teammates, like Harden did in basketball. You think those guys will ever say a good word about this guy? No. Ever? And and you, when you leave the game, unless you're Harden, you're gonna. You leave the game as, as Harden, you have fucking $300 million. A lot of bananas. In hockey, you might have, you know, you might have built up some wealth. But if you don't leave with any friendships and any old teammates, you don't leave with shit. Yeah. That's all you have in hockey. How That's all you get, have in sports. How are you supposed to get all these private golf courses with no friends, eh? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, so I, I just, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fine line. It's thin ice you walk on when you, when you start to put yourself above a team in any, in any facet, in any sport. But, um. You know, I hope it all irons it out. Maybe it was just a rough training camp for everyone. Maybe it's just not getting signed. I heard. What did I hear? I heard he's going to go to Broadway. I heard he wants. I might go to Montreal for Suzuki. I like that kid. Fucking Duran and something else. What do you? How do you think it's going to play on Columbus if you're this kid? Or, do you just tell him shut the fuck up and play, or what are you saying? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough coach, like you said, to come out and say you want to get dealt, and I, I just don't understand how would gets to the public i don't know if he got his agent telling people this if it's something that you want to be moved you got to keep it quiet and try to move on but like you said if he handles like a pro shows up and plays well and columbus gets going then and they move him then it's a win-win for everybody but if something goes south it's just a tough look it sucks going into a locker room knowing that guy does not want to be here and from a guy who's in john tortorella's doghouse quite often that's a doghouse you don't want to get too far in because the horse does not fuck around and he will just let you have it but um, we'll see how it plays out. Just be a good pro in my mind and, and play hard for your boys. And I get it. Columbus sucks. But if you play, the the trade will happen, obviously. So, Updog, you set up a, a sick little relationship with us with FanDuel. So, people check it out out there. And speaking of FanDuel, Broadway, you motherfucker. You had a five-team parlay the other night and didn't text after. Well, I had to get a winner under my belt, boys. I didn't, I didn't want to send the boys a bad bet until I won. Yeah, and then, true. like you said, I only showed no, my so you, winners. You talked about it. But what a hey! What Fuck a five team. Jimmy sent us one last night too. How many teams? Like eight. I'm like, that's a fucking stretch. The old eight team parlay. I went six Boys, and two on that thing too. We're reaching for the moon if we start. It went six and I'm two. Four so and I'm four right now. That's pretty good. Right Obi, you're four and zero. Oh. So yeah, listen, I'm going to say this real quick up before you dive in, folks out there. Bet Tampa all fucking year. Don't be scared of the fucking. You got to get two to one odds. I'm telling you, in that Central Division, unless they're playing Carolina, Columbus, maybe Dallas. I got I got Tampa again then against Chicago. I mean, I think Tampa's and bet them first period. Yeah, they came first out period. buzzing. 
But don't bet them unless you're on FanDuel, FanDuel baby. with our code curfew. curfew. Because FanDuel is an experience it's for fantasy, fantasy sports yeah. and for betting in certain states when you're above 21 where you can see how we play. So they can they can tune in and see what fantasy guys we pick for our night. Yeah. And, and that's what we're going to get into. We're going to have little competitions, missing okay. curfew versus you. Uh, we're gonna try to post our our picks of the of the day of the week. Of the week. If you're listening to this, you're picking Tampa because Obi said so, and you're picking an eighteen fucking parlay f- from over the moon <laughs> with Jimmy from Hayes. Fucking Jimmy scoops on the slopes in New Hampshire, the old eight teamer. Uppy, you know what else I love about FanDuel? The prop bets. They have all those player prop bets that you can get going, like get shots on net. So if you guys are listening, make sure you're hammering Kevin Hayes over two and a half shots. I, I actually, I'm betting Ryan O'Reilly to win that opening right, draw this every is, fucking this night. This is fucking great, Broadway. So I'm, dog, I'm, I'm golfing on Wednesday. I'll be couldn't, couldn't golf because he's taking care of his beautiful daughter. And I get a text from him about the opening face-off. St. Louis gets Colorado. He's like, you think I should text Factor and tell him to lose this one? I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, I think that's, oh my I think that's like Pete Rose shit. I'm talking no, about. No, no, no. No, you bet him to win because it's the oh, fact win. daddy. Okay, okay. I Sorry, I, said, I thought you said Lou. No, I, I said, hey, I'm going to tell fact daddy. daddy. Oh, okay, okay. Right. I apologize. I thought it was the other way. But okay, factor. <laughs> just, just let this one slide today, bud. Up dog, we're gonna we're gonna welcome a beauty to the show, um, Mark Prince, that's been helping us out with our our missing curfew clips. And to our listeners out there, if you haven't checked this out, please do. Um, he's making the the up dog and Obes and Broadway look pretty good. So this guy's done a lot for us. A ups. Yeah, he's a he's a Canadian uh, legend. So we so we found out. Yeah, um, and we'll tell you all about it here up next. Mark from Missing Curfew Clips, buddy. What's up, man? Welcome to Missing Curfew. Fellas, fellas, it's an absolute pleasure. It's an honor to be here. I'm, I'm super psyched to be chopping it up with you guys today. So thanks for having me. Look at the beard. Yeah, Fuck, you're looking the sharp. Playoff beard going. So, Mark, let me... It's up in Canada, man. I know. I was up there for Christmas freezing my balls off. So, Mark, real quick, me and Uppy, we start this podcast, right? And we'll, we'll be honest. Mm-hmm. We didn't really know what the fuck we were doing, right? We're just Nothing. like, we're going to do a fucking playoff podcast. We thought it was with The Athletic. Next thing you know, we're, you know, people are fucking listening. So, all of a sudden, I'm like, Updog, are you... Because we're running our own social media. I'm like, Updog, are you doing these fucking missing curfew clips he's like no i got no like because they're legendary where'd you find that fucking clip of me hammering that guy and then that, that scrap he's like no it's not me i'm like well it ain't me we got to figure out who the fuck it is and uh anyway it was you so. so yeah we hit we hit you in the dm and we're like all right like who the fuck is this and what are you going to start putting out that's going to maybe bury us right because you're finding so much gold on youtube that I'm like, oh God, oh, yeah. if he can find this, there's nothing he can't find yeah, on yeah. us. You might be able to get in your phone. He's probably in our phones. He's in the updog cell phone. So Mark, tell our listeners. Where... I can make you guys look real good. Yeah, t- well, you have. You're doing a good job of that. So Mark, tell our listeners where you're uh, Where are you from? You're up in Canada, but where are you from? And and how did you uh, how mm-hmm. did you come to find Missing Curfew? So boys, I'm up in, uh, I'm up in Alberta, up in Canada, I guess the, the motherland, the homeland. Oh, um, I'm in Southern Alberta where the, the up dogs up You're you're from Fort McMurray. I'm from Fort McMurray. Yeah. But north, six so. hour drive north of uh, it's fucking cold up there. Yeah. North of Calgary. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I'm in Airdrie, Alberta. It's about 10 minutes outside of Calgary. So I've been here for, I've been in the Calgary area for you know, over a decade right now. I grew up in Red Deer. So I've been in Alberta based on Alberta my, my, my whole life. Um, 
you know, I've been a hockey fan my whole life. Like most guys growing up in Canada, I, I played minor hockey, you know, played a little bit, you know, a little bit of senior hockey here and there. I've always been around the game. You know, I love the game. I've even worked in hockey a little bit. Uh, I worked for the, the Brooks Bandits of the AJHL and Medicine Hat Tigers, um, did marketing for them too. So I've been around there. Um, when I was in Brooks, there was actually a young stud defenseman there, Kale McCarr. It was his draft year. So I was there right. the same year that Kale was there. So I got to watch him dominate. And, you know, it was just a, an absolute treat to watch that guy play in junior. Um, but yeah, I've always just had this weird, I guess, knack for remembering stuff in hockey games. It's just such a unique talent. And I always get, you know, my friends always bug me that you have a PhD in hockey history and facts and stuff, but you're never going to be able to do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, I go to the games and I, you know, I'm, I'm remembering the warm up music and stuff where guys are just there for the experience. So I, I know all that stuff. So, um, and you know, there's tons of hockey podcasts out there. You know, obviously there's the number one, you know, number one podcast right now, uh, spitting chicklets. And my buddies are all asking me for these stories and stuff when they hear the episodes and I was firing them over these clips. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. So I just decided to start spitting chicklets clips. And I did that for about, I've been doing that for about a year now. And um, summertime rolls around and I see missing curfew pops up with Shane O'Brien, Scotty Upshaw and Jimmy Hayes. And I'm like, holy fuck, like, this is it. This is the one I got to listen to this. So I, I caught it three episodes in and I binged all three of them in one night and the light bulb just went off in my head. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta start a clips account for these guys. These guys are going to have, you know, in my opinion, they might have better stories than what I'm doing right now. So I just ripped off an account and, um, I guess you guys would have found it. <laughs> you might have thought it was maybe somebody from Action Park, but it's actually just the guy from Canada. Yeah, doing it. We were fired up. We were. So I gotta ask you. Don't don't give away all your secrets here, but just how the fuck no, are no. you finding these fucking things? Because they're unbelievable, man. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I just I have this unique talent where when you guys talk about you know Ob Scrap and Andrew Ladd or the well, the first one I ever did was Uppy. Um, when you destroyed Oscar Bartulis there behind the net there. Oh, well, fuck. I don't know what it is. I Not only do I know exactly what the clip is up here, I know what stick you were using. I know what knob you had on your stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know, yeah. I just I just go in there and find them. Sometimes they're easy to find. Sometimes they're on page 15. Uh, sometimes they're in, you know, a, a Reddit thread. Sometimes they're on a random website. So, you know, sometimes they, I come across them pretty easy. Sometimes they're pretty hard to find. Like, uh, Uppy, I'm still trying to find that damn video of you throwing your stick in the air at World Juniors. I can't find that damn thing, but I'm going to find it. You will. I trust you. I bet you my parents have it, actually. The next, the, the, we'll, we'll go into the archives of Mandy and Scott Upshaw. We'll have to, because they'll have it somewhere. Mark, you'll track it down. Well, my whole, my whole thing with the, the missing curfew clips thing was, is I, I obviously did it with the Chicklets guys and I wanted to go in with a bang. I wanted to do, you know, Upshaw style, go in head first and hit everything that moves. So I, I tagged you guys in my profile. Like I put your, your handle, I put action park media handle in it right there. And I think the first three posts I had, I had like Mike Richards had followed me, Boland followed me like two, two, all these guys probably thought it was real. So that was my whole strategy was just to go in there, guns a blazing. And you know what, if these guys message me and they don't want me to do it, then they don't want me to do it. If they want me to do it, then I, then I did my job. I mean, to listeners out there, it's, it's amazing the reach that social media yeah. social media has right you know the, the reach for shane and i and the platform we have to speak our minds about hockey and to tell our stories and and our opinions on whether it's the game or what's happening in the world and lifestyle stuff but you know for for a guy like you up there in airdrie i got some buddies in airdrie you probably either see them on the golf course or you play hockey against them mm -hmm. my boy she's my boy george power um but 
you know, what you just did, you, you put a little time into researching probably some funny ass clips of fucking Obi or me falling over or fucking <laughs> chirping a coach. Uh, when we talked about yep. it, you put them online, you made your handle and then fuck. Now we're here. We're, we talk almost every other yeah, day. Part of the squad. And listen, yep. go ahead. I'll it's, it's just great for fans out there to know that, you know, this sort of thing happens all the time and and the, the reach is there and interacting with fans is so cool nowadays to have these platforms to do this and and it just you've made our platform bigger and yeah. better and we appreciate that and, and that yeah and that's i want to piggyback on that and, and for people that are listening that follow us on mr curfew please go follow mr curfew clips because fucking as we said mark's doing an unbelievable unbelievable job and it proves that now that you know we're washed up fucking podcast guys. At one part, at one point, Mark, we were fucking snapping it around. And used to bring the heat. Well, thank you for getting us the platform. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you for bringing yeah, me back to my it. days where I'm like, fuck, I actually wasn't half bad at this game. So I appreciate it. Well, I think a lot of the younger people that listen, they probably have heard you guys, whether it's you, Obes, on Sportsnet or Updog, even you guys both have had many appearances on Chicklet. So they only know you from the, the latter part of your careers, and they may not know the stuff that you guys did when you were younger. They may not know all the stuff that Uppy did in Philadelphia or all the guys that Obes tangled with in Vancouver and Hazy in Chicago and all that stuff. So I think it's just kind of a nice reminder to, to show them that you guys, uh, you guys are you guys are full-time national leaguers, and you've, uh, you guys had great careers. So um, like I said, I can make you guys look real good, but I can also bury you at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you can. And I was like, fuck, I wish you would have been my agent throughout my career. I would have played a few more years, more years in the National League. But yeah, don't please don't bury. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mark, please don't bury us. I was buried enough in my career, buddy. So just keep making me look good. Please. What kind of beer? I know. I what kind of beers you drinking up there? Kokanee? Uh, well, you know, I, you know, I was doing my chicklets thing, so I was sticking with the buds, but you know, in, in Alberta, there's a big craft beer movement. So you try to support, you know, as many of the local breweries, especially now during the COVID times, you know, you're trying to support the guys that have the doors closed right now. So we got a couple of cool breweries up in Airdrie and there's so many cool breweries in Calgary and stuff. So I, I try to keep it craft, man. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. I'm an IPA guy myself. Yeah. I'm not a, so I'm not a huge beer guy. I just, uh, I got to piss all night. If I, you know, I have two beers, I'm pissing. Well, so I just crush whiskey. I'm a, I'm a big fella. I'm a big fella. Like hazy me and hazy are probably about the same size. So, you know, I drinking 10 beers a night, it gets a little tough on you. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a whiskey guy. Not a boy. I could sit down and once this COVID's over, we'll fucking sit down and see who could drink a ball of crown world clicker. But Hey Mark, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, you're a good Alberta boy. One of the things mm -hmm. I was pumped about, and I was telling the updog when we were doing our pre-show, Potter, dude, the Battle of Alberta, man, Matt Tachuk, he single-handedly brought it back last year. It got me fired up. You saw it last night, fucking Tachuk fighting Lonnie. What are you mm -hmm. stoked for this for the Battle of Alberta? And dude, maybe by the end of the year you could go to the Saddle Dome or or the fucking Rogers Place in Edmonton and watch. What are you thinking? I, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that we can definitely get to some games. I think everybody in Alberta definitely wants to do that, but you know, you got to do the right thing and they're, they are doing the right thing right now by just keeping the buildings empty. But you know, the battle of Alberta, it, it's, it's back. And it's, you know, as being a, a Flames fan my whole life, I've, you know, I've kind of experienced it in different stages where they played each other and they did, and it did matter. Um, I've seen it where they played each other and it just didn't, didn't matter at all. You know, I've seen it where the flames are in the playoffs and the Oilers are not, but it's, it's an absolute treat. Like Kachuk is just one of the best players to watch out there. Like he's, like I said, he's an, an absolute treat to watch cool dude i seen him he walked past me at stampede last year and you know he, he kind of looked me up and down I'm like oh shit this guy's sizing me up a little bit so i wouldn't mess with him but you know the flames they they, they got a 
this is a big year for them too. You know, we were a little disappointed with what happened in the, the playoffs last year and in the previous year. I was I was sitting in the crowd at the at the dome when McKinnon two years ago went bar down on Smith in overtime. So we've seen a lot of heartache. So I I think that this is a this is a big year for the Flames. Super excited to see them play each other so many times. I don't think they actually play till February. But as we saw last night with the Jets and the, the Flames, there's there's going to be bad blood. So it's good for Alberta, um, especially in this times of COVID when we're, we're stuck at home and we need something to watch. So I'm, I'm pumped. Up dog. Mark mentioned the stampede. I've never been. I was oh. I, I didn't go because <laughs> I didn't go. I think you went right. I've been a bunch. Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't go, Mark, because fuck, I already had a bad enough reputation in the league. I didn't need to go to Calgary <laughs> where half the league was. Yeah. And they're like, hey, I saw Brian. He didn't go to bed for three days. So I stayed away from the, camp, the stampede. But it's. I used to go at I, I my first stampede. I was sixteen. Holy I went fuck. sixteen. I met sixteen. I met some teammates what from my foreign girl you when you're sixteen. I, I used to have an old girlfriend <laughs> when I was sixteen. Oh wow! Um, but the but the, re, the reach went into the twenties. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, and then I went. I took my brother when he was seventeen. Maybe we drove right, so. right from Fort McMurray down to Calgary on like a Friday night. Yeah. Met some buddies. Went out back to back nights. Gave my brother fake ID did it up right yeah. and then my latest experience was uh with our boy stewie who does all of our merch oh, Blano, you Blano. we left uh the, we left the member member at blackhawk in edmonton great track. we got picked up in a helicopter at the fucking right on the t-box <laughs> after a round fucking national league what like the? fucking all of a sudden during the banquet we're like i'm like stewie i got a chopper it's coming to pick us up we're going to calgary and we'll wow. be there in an hour and a half it fucking which is usually a two you know two hour two and a half hour drive this chopper is just right to the tee box. We jump on with our clubs. This is hilarious because Stewie's a little bit bigger, right? And the pilot's like, all right, you guys got golf clubs and your bags up because I'm flying back to California after. What, what's the weight? Well, like, what's your guys' weight? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a buck 95. My bags, whatever. There's another 150 pounds. And then I look at Stewie. I'm like, Stewie. Not the time to lie about your weight, fella. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's like, fuck you. And then so we... Oh, we, Stewie, I feel your pain. We get on that fucking chopper and we start to take off. And you know Blackhawk, the beautiful par uh, 11 that goes down the I river do. valley, long par I five. Do, yeah. Well, that's the hill that the chopper ends up like getting up and then it, it falls as it's trying to get down elevation. Valley, yeah. And I thought we were going oh, fucking no. down. I'm like, you motherfucker, Stewie, you prick, you fucking lied. <laughs> anyway, the thing, the thing just fucking took off. <laughs> and we had, you know, we had a six pack of beer, fucking drank some beer on the way down, landed right on the top of this building in downtown Calgary and went right to the Cowboys. We were there from the fucking horse oh, yeah. in Edmonton to Cowboys in Calgary in like an hour and 45 minutes. That okay. is a fucking national league. Yeah. Maybe Mark. If, if Yeah, I'm catching uh I'm catching the C train. I'm not catching <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. I'm not, to the hey, I'm not, <laughs> This is a National League. I'm trip, not a Mark. National League. Hey, Mark, yeah. I'm not getting on that helicopter. No, no. I'm not getting on that helicopter because I'm not fucking telling you how much I weigh either. So I'll take a fucking. <laughs> from the but, and I'll no, ask no, you, buddy, no, we're, we're big boys. We appreciate everything you've done for us. You're part of the squad here at Missing Curfew. So thank you. Listeners, mm -hmm. please check out Missing Curfew clips. It's legit. Me and Uppy love it. Uh, Mark. We'll have you on again, buddy, once the season continues to go on here. And once COVID's over, we'll get together and Absolutely. play golf or whatever. So thank you for everything, buddy. You're a fucking beauty. Absolutely. I appreciate it, boys. Just just one last thing. You guys, um, the the missing curfew and the missing curfew clips, their accounts, they're not the same. So I have the curfew clips on. I get all the DMs. And you guys should honestly take a lot of pride and be proud about the amount of people that message and say, this podcast is unbelievable. This is the best thing I've ever heard. I'm so psyched. When's the next one coming out? And, you know, like I said, 
in, in Alberta, Canada, US, wherever it is, a lot of people are going through tough times right now with COVID and, and whatnot. And, you know, they need something to look forward to and bring joy. And I have had a lot of people message me and say, you know, you guys have brought in a lot of joy in a downtime. So take a lot of pride in what you guys are doing. I'm super proud and super honored to be helping you guys out. We're, we got some big things coming. Trust me. Fucking well said, brother. That's Thanks, Mark. Good Good Canadian man. beauty. Have us some Crown Royal on Old Absolutely, I'm going boys. on the golf course right now to get pinned. So thank you, fella. <laughs> cool. Cheers, Thanks, brother. Boys. We'll chat later. Obi, that was great. That was insightful. Uh, good dude. Good Canadian guy. Loves loves the game, as you can tell. Uh, talented on a computer. And, we, you know, I, I can't thank him enough for what he's been able to do for our brand and for, you know, getting our content uh, that are, is already on YouTube out to our fans to see. Yeah, he's part of the squad here at Missing Curfew and, and absolute just a good Canadian boy rocking the big beard and talking about drinking whiskey. So I'll take him on my team anytime up, dog. So Mark, thank you. Like I said, again, check it out, Missing Curfew Clips. Up, dog. Uh, I'm going to miss you on the course day. You're heading to Park City with your beautiful wife or girlfriend and daughter and family. So have fun up there. Thank I'll you. you I'm going to be on the slopes, keeping it uh, desk curves tight. I'm getting drunk Keep the today. the knees close to the body. Ten days without a booze. I'm getting yeah. fucking pinned with my you blood look great, bud. Thanks, buddy. How many? You, you've lost a couple of it's bees like, It's like it's it's like my boy Obradovich said. It's like taking a cup of water out of the ocean. Eh? Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking. I lost 16 pounds in this cleanse. I got fucking. <laughs> I got 25 more to go. Fucking I was right. pushing three bills. You look unreal, so maybe, you, maybe you get, you know, you can do off of it for like a week and then get back on. So for listen, this is what I got a big couple weeks coming up. I got Vail and then I'm going to Maui and then I'm going back to Vail. And then after that, I'm going back on a cleanse. Fuck. So yeah, I got a fucking little I'm stretch. I'm coming somewhere. Yeah, Vail, buddy. Come to Vail. Oh, yeah, nice. That's a nice Why I'm going got... over there. Uh, yeah, I'm going over a uh, couple with... weeks, buddy. Yeah, I might yeah. just go with you. There. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't want to put any pressure on you, but. Where are you going, going Maui? McKenna, yeah. So Broadway. Thank you, fella. Enjoy the slopes in New Hampshire. I would say purchase one of those buckets, fella. I got one question for you guys, okay. though. Hey, what size skis do I need to rent? Okay, listen, that's a question for fucking Mac L. But no, it's a question. Just go into any one, ski shop; they'll tell you. Our right? boy, our boy A Hall says uh, one ninety-five. He's a big boy. He's six-five. Is that the thickness? One ninety-five. That's no. You huge. want them? You want the thicker fucking ones? I'm telling you, like the longer is better and thicker, bud. Yeah, no, it's I'm like talking length. You want length, it long and thick. Length. Bigger the skis, bigger the party. <laughs> hey, just like those after parties. Just like <laughs> fucking get the thick one, bud, and scrape the sides, fella. But 195s, 191s. Perfect. All right, boys. Uh, All right, right on. Thank you, boys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the hockey up, dog. Have a safe trip. This was fun. All thank right, you. thank you, guys.